It's been a minute since we covered those wicked witches from the southwest. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see that you made it back for another episode. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, skimwalker horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Skimwalker Horror Stories. I'm someone who is a firm believer in the paranormal. I've had tales passed down through my family. I've spent time reading about different types of paranormal folklore and I listen to other people's stories online quite frequently. I also tune into the Swamp Dweller show very, very often. I've always had a deep fascination for it because I've even had my own experiences in the past. There is one experience that I've had recently that will always stick with me, especially when I prepare to go out on my nightly summer and fall hikes. I live in a small rural town in upstate New York. I'm just a stone's throw away from the Canadian border. My town is surrounded by vast farmlands and thick, sweeping forest. It's not uncommon to be met by some of our local flora and fauna if you choose to take a walk along the winding paths and road near the tree line. I often prefer to walk at night due to the bustling traffic during the day, in the summer and fall seasons. Despite being a small town in the middle of nowhere, we receive a lot of tourists from the south. One night... I decided to go out like I usually did. I was excited because it was the first time in a while that we had cooler temperatures. It had been hot and humid prior. I decided to bring my younger sister and her friend, who was spending the night along with me. For privacy reasons, I will refer to my sister as Alice and her friend as Jace. Alice and Jace were happy as always to join me on the adventure. Before leaving, we all made sure to gather important supplies... Alice was dressed in all black, so she oversaw wearing my father's reflective PT sash and manning the LED flashlight. Jace oversaw carrying a string bag full of water bottles and a few snacks. I stuffed my pockets with my compass, phone, and utility knife. Once we were ready, we practically skipped down my driveway. Upon breaking off my gravel driveway and treading asphalt... The three of us paused for a moment to discuss which direction we would walk in. I had decided to take us south from our location to the road that leads directly to an old, abandoned train station. From there, we would continue straight until we hit a nature trail that I had loved to go on. We resumed walking when I suddenly had a feeling of foreboding in the pit of my stomach. I usually get this feeling when I sense that we may encounter a large predator along the way. It wouldn't be the first time we had a run-in with the local coyotes, or even heard the scream of a migrating mountain cat. I jogged back to my front porch to equip myself with a large, sharpened stick that I kept. Jace thought that I was being too paranoid, but I usually am right when I trust my gut. From there, we made our trek down the road, laughing and talking about random things. We eventually came upon the section of the road that broke off into the surrounding forest. It was pitch black because there were no longer any streetlights illuminating our path. Alice asked if we should turn on the flashlight, but I declined, 
Our eyes were already adjusted to the dark, and we needed to conserve the battery for the trail. We attempted to continue our conversation, but the sound of the crickets was deafening as we passed a thick woodland. The blaring of their chirping was so intense that my ears were beginning to ring. Honestly, it was maddening. Jace and Alice got a little ahead of me as I paused for a moment to block my ears and stop the ringing. Soon after uncovering my ears, I noticed that it was jarringly silent, save for a small sound that could be heard about 20 yards away from where we were standing. I hastily caught up with the girls and told them to be quiet for a moment. Jace and Alice simultaneously bombarded me with questions, but I shushed them with a hiss. I perked my ears up and listened more closely to try to listen to what was happening in the bushes in front of us. It sounded like a mountain lion's cub almost. I felt my body tense as I came to the realization that if a cub was there, then the mother was not that far behind. This explained the sudden silence in the air. Jace urged us to turn back, but we were already halfway to our destination. I raised my stick and nudged them both to get in front of me and walk slowly and quietly. I would be their eyes from the back. If they were being stalked by the big cat, it was the longest 20 yards we've ever walked. Bit by bit, we tiptoed closer to the sound of the cries. Jace was understandably frightened. We had a large predator potentially watching our every move, and we were about to pass its baby. It wasn't long before the cries were just to the left of us in the brush. I walked behind the girls, partially turned sideways. I glanced over my shoulder, frequently with my stick raised defensively to be sure we weren't being followed. The sound was behind us shortly as we continued our slow pace to pass it. We're almost there, guys. Once we're away from it, we can just keep walking. I said with a whisper. We were about four feet away from the cub when suddenly the cries morphed into a low, deliberate groan. I felt my heart practically leap out of my throat when a sharp cackle erupted from the darkness. It sounded like strange whooping noises at first. The voice of the creature was unnatural. It was like a garbled, distorted combination of a human laughing and a coyote howling. There was no time to find out what this thing was. We needed to get out of there, and fast. I practically shoved the girls as I commanded them to run, the urgency thick in my tone. The three of us broke into a panic sprint down the long, dark road, the cackling still behind us. The volume never decreased as the creature kept pace with us. I could hear something large snapping twigs as it whipped through the brush. Jace froze a few times in place each time the thing would screech at us. Much to my sister's dismay, we had to push her on. I barked at them to keep running and not stop until we reached the farmhouse that was coming into view in the clearing. I could see their powerful porch lights from where we were. As we were approaching the break in the trees, I did what any dumb person would do in a horror movie. I glanced back over my shoulder and got a look at the thing. I deeply regretted this decision. At first, all I saw were a pair of luminescent yellow eyes staring daggers into my soul. Then I saw a large shadow with elongated limbs emerge from the tree line, which I would later come to find out is what my sister also saw. That was all I needed to see before I snapped my head back around and bolted forward with even more urgency. I do not usually have enough stamina to run that long and that fast, but adrenaline does incredible things to you. 
The three of us pounded into the circle of light provided by the farmhouse before slowing to a stop. I had noticed that the thing, after reaching the clearing, had completely gotten quiet. We all decided to sit down as a wave of exhaustion encumbered us. My lungs burned as I struggled to steady my breathing. Chase was as pale as a sheet as she turned to me and asked, What the hell was that thing? I didn't know how to respond. My, my mind was reeling from the whole situation itself. It was probably a skimwalker, Alice suggested. After a few moments, I glanced again in the direction we came. I begrudgingly stood up, thinking to myself, it was too dangerous to try to go back the way we get home, but it was the only way. I dug my cell phone from my pocket and decided it best to call my father to come pick us up in the truck. When he answered, he simply laughed and asked if we had walked too far again. I said we decided to try running this time and tired ourselves out, and we needed him to come get us. He agreed and hung up the phone. We didn't dare to leave the protection of the porch light. It was our only sense of safety from this thing that was lurking in the trees. It was not long before the headlights of a truck pierced the darkness. The three of us stood up and waved my father over and piled into the truck soon after. We all looked like we had seen a ghost which piqued my father's interest. But neither of us could bring ourselves to talk about what had happened. We skirted his questions as we were driven home. The next day I started talking to one of my cousins online about the situation. He said that it was weird because what I encountered is usually spotted in the southwest. Upon asking him what he meant, his answer chilled my bones. You were probably stalked by a skimwalker. He explained how to perform a cleansing, being that I had looked into its eyes. It was better to be safe than sorry. That night I followed the steps my cousin gave me and sat up for a while in my bed. I have not encountered anything like that since, and I hope it continues to stay that way. To this day... I don't understand why it was there, or why it targeted us, but I know I am extra cautious when I go out at night. I carry an iron blade on me just in case. To start things off, I have heard of these things before, but it is never something that I came across until now. I believe in spirituality and I can sense ghosts and other beings. I usually never see anything other than ghosts, and I try not to think of them for the most part, as the more you engage in these type of things, the more you see these things. Keep in mind I am still young, and I am yet to experience a lot in this world, but this was something different. So this whole thing happened to me a couple of days ago. I was extremely anxious and angry due to a fight with my significant other. I wanted to get out and have a bike around my area, I am based in the UK, and I never thought I would see what I saw. First, I got off my bike. I was out of breath and crying, and as I was walking, the bushes next to me started rattling, and I sensed a quick movement towards me. So I hopped on my bike and drove away like I never have before. This couldn't have been a person, as the bush is thick, and if someone would have moved inside, I would have heard at least an ouch as it was full of spikes and thorns. It should have been someone taller than me, which in my area is uncommon, as I am 5'8". I called up a friend. He reassured me that I was fine, and I eventually calmed down, and he had to go back to work so he hung up and made my way home. However, I heard rattling again. This time, I was approximately 500 meters away from the other location. I looked inside the wooded area, 
and at first I saw nothing, but I was sweating profusely, and I felt this uncomfortable feeling in my head. When I took a second glance by the very first tree branch, it was there. It was extremely tall, and I would say at least twice the size of myself. Leaning onto the tree, I made eye contact with this creature. The creature didn't have any distinguishing features that I could discern, and I heard this strange, buzzing sound. I had never heard something quite like it before. So I got on my bike yet again and began hauling it. This time, I got home within just a few minutes, but usually from that area, it would take me about 15 or more to get home. At this point in time, I am extremely confused, extremely scared, and completely distraught. I thought those things were Native American folklore, and I didn't think they would ever be here in the UK. For all I know, it wasn't something I've ever seen before or felt before. Ghost or harmful beings usually come with intention, and normally I feel those whether it's good or bad, and based on the knowledge, I can send them away. But this felt extremely different. I have tried to look for an explanation as to what it means to see a skimwalker, or what its intentions are, or why it was even here. Maybe someone listening to the show has an answer, or maybe it wasn't a skimwalker at all. Perhaps it was something else entirely. I just hope someone can point me in the right direction. I am currently in western Kentucky, in a very woodsy and rural area. I was walking my dog just before bedtime, and out of nowhere he sat down and began howling and whining. I had absolutely no clue what the issue was, but I could sense that something just wasn't quite right. I decided to head back to the house. I felt hyper aware of everything. I was aware of every crunch of the branches, every rock I kicked, and every step that I took. I had a flashlight because it was very dark where I was, and I shined it into the woods out of curiosity. A pair of eyes reflected back at me so I figured it was just a coyote or something of the sort, and kept on moving. Come the next morning, I woke up very early to what sounded like some sort of weeping from the outside in the direction of the woods. Of course, naturally, I was freaked the hell out, so I peeked out the window to see what was going on. From what I could see, there was a deer standing in the field leading into the woods, but something seemed very off about this deer's. Its eyes looked all funky, it looked bulky, but far too large to be a normal deer. And the weirdest part was that its legs looked mismatched. It looked almost like the front legs were on backwards. The joints were just all wrong. They were bending in the opposite way that a normal leg on a deer would be. My first thought was chronic wasting disease, but it did not look as frail as the deer with chronic wasting disease do. This deer creature, whatever it is, has returned multiple times since the incident and I have even seen it stand up on its back legs and stare at me. I still hear weeping sounds coming from the woods in the early hours of the morning. It's always around 2 to 5 a.m., and I always hear it the loudest at around 5. If I need to give any more information about my encounter, I certainly will, but please let me know what I should do, or if there is anything I can do about it at all. What am I seeing? I just recently moved into a small town in South Dakota. 
My apartment is surrounded by fields and woodland. Two nights ago, I took my Saint Bernard out for a walk around midnight. Funny enough, a few nights ago, I and some friends were sharing urban legends and creepypastas. And one of my friends said she doesn't whistle at night because of skimwalkers. I didn't really know what that meant, to be honest. Anyway, on the night in question, I was standing with my dog outside, enjoying the nice weather for a change, when I suddenly started to hear a whistle off in the distance. It started as just two tones repeating over and over. I really wanted to brush it off, but I could just tell that this was not a bird. There was something distinctly human about it. I also know for a fact that I was not imagining anything, because my dog got concerned and began to become restless while staring into the dark where it seemed the whistle was coming from. Usually, he is so friendly and curious, but he got scared and hid behind me, like a big pansy. I headed inside quickly, and the whistle continued behind me. For some time, I started to go back inside quickly, and the whistle continued behind me. For some reason, I was so inclined to whistle back. I knew it was a bad idea and managed to stay quiet. I got inside and locked the door and all my windows. I told my girlfriend what I had heard, and she of course dismissed it and said that I just needed some sleep. I haven't been able to sleep since, and last night, I swear, I heard a tapping on my window. I live on the fifth floor, and this may sound like I'm trying to write a creepy story, but I swear, this all happened. I don't know anything about this stuff. What should I do, and should I be worried? I'd like to start by saying that this is not the first or only time I have encountered something strange. However, I found your channel because I wanted to hear about other encounters with this creature. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. A few years ago, my friend, we will call her Panda, and I take daily night drives outside the city and go up north. If you've ever been to Arizona or only been to Phoenix, northern Arizona is very different. With all the tall pines and grass everywhere, northern Arizona is a very lush and urban area. Panda and I love the paranormal and cryptic tales. So often, we would be recounting our own experiences on our drives or gossiping until we reached our destinations. This time, however, our destination was a place that we've only driven past and heard the legend of. Bloody Basin. The area is said to be extremely haunted. However, we'd never get to find out. Our trip starts late at night, so the roads we took are very dark and very creepy. With the only lights around us coming from my car and the moon above us, we took the road we've traveled each time before. But this time, we had a GPS set to it. For some reason, after we passed a certain point, our GPS rerouted us, but we didn't know why, and we didn't really notice at first because we were so caught up in our conversation. As we drove, the road became narrow, down to two lanes, with one side being the face of a mountain, and the other being an abrupt drop down the side of a cliff. This made us be a bit more vigilant. Panda was frantically trying to see where we were on her phone. But it wouldn't budge. The screen had frozen and didn't let her zoom out to see the nearest town. As much as we wanted to turn around, there just was not a spot to do so. The road had become so narrow it was nearly impossible. So I kept driving. Eventually we passed a sign for Payson. This was not right. 
This was much too far. Where had the sign gone for Bloody Basin? Somehow, we had not seen the large green sign for the exit. Okay, that's fine. I mean, we can probably stop and get something to eat. It's almost 2.30 a.m., and we've only had some snacks. Maybe hot coffee would help us. We pulled into the city limits and found a Denny's just off the main road. By now, Panda's phone had pulled itself together and still had a point locked in as Bloody Basin. I knew this wasn't the one we originally set out on, but we were curious. It was a little bit further than our normal haunt, but we continued on without leaving the car. The road we took was a lot like the one from before, but it had a lot of sharper turns. Very sudden ones, too. As soon as the clock hit 3 a.m., we pulled into Pine, Arizona. I felt my blood run cold as almost instantly I looked over the dreary, one-light town. I didn't want to be there a second longer. We turned down a neighborhood and found the bloody basin. This GPS was leading us to. It was a gravel road with just houses. It looked like a regular neighborhood, but they also had no streetlights on a one-car road. I had to use someone's driveway to turn around, and as we're pulling up to the exit of the neighborhood, I slam on my brakes. There's a black trash can just sitting in the middle of the road. The same road I used coming up maybe two minutes prior. There's no wind, in fact, it was just sitting upright, completely still. We hesitated for a moment, just trying to figure out if we just missed it. But wouldn't I have hit it driving in? It just made no sense. Within the 30 seconds it took for us to figure out what to do, my car felt like it was being pushed from the side. I looked over. I didn't scream. I just hit my gas and used someone's driveway to go around the trash can. We left that town without looking back. At this point, Panta is once again trying to get her GPS to work, and now her phone won't even close the app. It's stuck on, you've reached your destination, and won't exit out. It's a strange shot back to Payson, and I have my lights on high. I want to see everything around me. Our radio's off and we're both dead silent as I'm speeding back to Denny's. I take a moment to breathe when all of a sudden I hear Panda say, Turn left. What do you mean? I asked her confused by her instruction. From my peripheral, I see her look up from her phone, beef jerky sticking out of her mouth. What? Panda asked, also very confused. If I turn left, it's the side of a mountain. I could see her looking out my window and then looking out her own and saying, Yeah, why would you turn left? Or right for that matter. Her voice shook as she spoke. I told her that I heard her tell me to do it, and she denied it thoroughly. As we went back and forth about this, I was leaning forward trying to see further ahead. I couldn't though. My lights weren't reaching out very far. I flicked them a few times to see what was up and slowed down, all while stating, Hey, wasn't there a sharp turn coming up? Just then, a large black mass moved from in front of the road, revealing the edge I was worried about. I did everything in my power to keep my car from going over, as we were less than 10 feet from the turn. My car stopped with only one wheel off the road. Thankfully, I was able to get back on track without getting out of my car. Whatever it was that blocked the road didn't go far. We heard it growling from the edge of the woods, just beyond where we were. We kicked it into gear. This time, I was speeding towards safety. Both of us were screaming about what we saw and how close this was. We made it to Denny's and ran inside. Thankfully, only a few other patrons were there, but they overheard our encounter and let us in on their own. 
They gave us a name based on the fact that it took Panda's voice and that we were on Native's land, that this was probably a skimwalker. This was probably my first time running across one, but I don't think it was my last. I live on the west coast of Washington. Recently, I went on a drive I take very often. It follows the Spokane River for a while. I decided, since I had taken this drive many times, and I love how scenic it was, it would be okay if I did it alone. I always took a friend because there isn't any service for miles once you're out there. I went further than usual though, driving about 50 miles out taking pictures and stuff like that because I had bought a camera a year ago and just never really used it. I did not even end up taking very good pictures, but it was still cool to go out further than I had before. Although I will never take this drive again, it does follow the river, but there's also some thick woods in that area too. I don't know about other places around Washington or the Northwest, but we have painted rocks old Indian paintings that have been preserved on their original rocks with a gate to keep people from messing with them. Up until that day, I thought we only had the one, but on that drive I saw another one. Although the gate was too short, and anyone could really jump it if they wanted to, as I was driving back it started to get dark. It was a good 30 miles away from town when I saw what I saw. At first I thought it was a coyote. Now I grew up in a hunting family, I've seen more coyotes than I could probably count, but I remember being excited because I hadn't seen one in quite some time. It was just off the side of the road behind the barricade that keeps your car from going off the road, but as soon as I got closer to it, this thing stood up on its hind legs. This thing clearly was not a coyote. I know what coyotes look like, and they are not taller than a person on their hind legs, that's for damn sure. By the time I passed it, had ducked behind the wall. I was in full panic mode at this point. I was still a good way from my town, by myself, with no service anywhere. I ended up almost flipping my car going around some sharp turns because I was going close to 80 in a 35 zone. I honestly wanted to get back into town so bad, but every now and then, out of the corner of my eye, I'd see this thing in the trees. Somehow, it was keeping up with me. Now I am fully aware of the fact that it was dark and I was terrified, so all of those times could have been my mind playing tricks on me. But the first time I saw it, right by the road, I know what I saw. That was not my mind playing tricks on me. But I also do not know much about the legends about the Spokane tribes, or if we have skimwalkers up here. But I honestly, just don't honestly know how else to describe it. I mean, what really freaked me out is the eyes... Again, my hunting family. I remember growing up, and my dad always told me to look out at the trees while driving at night, and if I saw glowing things, it meant there was an animal. I had spotted plenty of deer and raccoons that way as a kid, but whatever this thing was, its eyes did not glow. I never got a good look at its eyes. Again, I was more focused on getting the hell out of there, rather than looking at what its eyes did. But human eyes don't glow. I honestly think that's what bothers me the most. So if anyone can give me information on if this thing was a skimwalker or something else, I would be greatly appreciative.
Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true skinwalker horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating as it helps us over there a ton. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's an encounter with a skimwalker or an entirely different type of story, please send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and perhaps giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, maybe check out our merch store. We've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I honestly don't know if I can pick one. I just love hearing these encounters with these strange creatures. Whether they're not deer, skimwalkers, wendigos, I don't know what they are. But they're definitely strange, and they're very entertaining. Be sure to join me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.